Blog Talk Radio. Looking for entertaining sports radio instead of the same jumble for hours, non-related sports issues? Then Sports Beat, your alternative is next as part of Mountain Meadow Productions. Stay tuned. Productions and Sportsbeat Radio. This is Sportsbeat, a provocative, insightful, informative, and educational show that we hope will educate the sports listener to the specific of sports. With interviews, analysis, and a comprehensive look at the topics we feel will be appealing to the listener. And with that said, we're not just your average call-in, same subject, same question over and over sports radio, but we like to think of ourselves as informative and educational radio. So why not sit back, and for the next 30 minutes or so, we hope you'll find the program informative, educational, as well as enjoyable. And with that said and done, this is Sports Beat, and we're coming at you live. And I'm your host, John Spooler. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this third day of October, the Monday, the 2022, as we close in to another month, the actual 10th month of the year already, uh, October. And, of course, uh, remnants of Hurricane Ian are to be found here in the Northeast, lots of wind and rain. Uh, We probably need the rain, not so much the wind, but uh, uh, the uh, drought and everything in New Jersey, uh, New York metropolitan area has eased somewhat with all the rain. Uh, It could be worse. We extend our uh, heartfelt condolences to those in Florida uh, once again. You know, sometimes you, you wonder why, no offense to the people in Florida, but sometimes you wonder why people live there, you know, because it's the blunt of these storms. These storms are getting more intense. Uh, there's more uh, damage, and uh, we wish all of them, uh, all of the people down there and sub- uh, the subsequent other areas of Charleston and uh, Georgia all the best. Uh, speedy recovery to all of you. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining once again on Sports Beat Radio Talk and Sports. And today we're going to be talking about an issue that's popped up. Uh, I think there's a lot of evidence for it, and that is, will the NFL become Euro? In other words, will it expand into Europe? And, you know, we've seen the flavorings of it over the last several years. You know, back in the 90s, we saw the Euro League with uh, – the Frankfurt Galaxy and, you know, some of these other uh, teams, the London Monarchs. And uh, even though the NFL said it was training ground for future NFLers, uh, it's become such where uh, it's expanded to the point where I think Roger Goodell wants to leave a legacy and have the uh, league maybe go to 40 teams and uh, the possibility, I think, lurks very realistically that the NFL, uh, the richest league in sport, uh, will uh, go into an expansion. As uh, he, he uh, Gazelle announced that Munich will host a game in 2022. There will be four total games in Germany over the f- next four years, two in Munich, two in Frankfurt. And then there's going to be another one in Mexico. We've already seen them in Japan, and we saw the uh, the Vikings and the Saints uh, yesterday 
at Wembley Stadium. And so what all of it means is that it's a very good likelihood, depending upon how the players feel. And, of course, the players, when you wave money in front of people, they do magical things. I can't see uh, the California teams or even uh, some of the Western teams flying all the way to London. Now, you probably would be doing it once, but still, uh, you know, if the money is right, I think the players will probably do it. But can you imagine uh, playing for the 49ers or the uh, Raiders or the Rams or the Chargers and having to make that flight to England or anywhere, Mexico? Uh, Mexico probably not as bad, of course, but, uh, you know, some of the other, uh, like uh, New England Patriots and, and uh, you know, the teams there flying all the way down there, uh, the jet lag, the difference. Players already complain about all of it. Players complain. Uh, I've heard players complain much about the Thursday night games. Even though they may be popular with the fans, they're not very popular with the players, particularly uh, the players who have to be on the road. Now, the NFL has tried to accommodate the games where the road teams don't have to travel as far. But the whole idea is the preparation. You know, football needs several days of preparation uh, to put the plays into effect and so forth. So what is, uh, can the NFL realistically expand into Europe? The league would likely go to two bye weeks to give players more time to rest from extra games. Uh, but we'd have to see how the Players Association would really, you know, take to it. So uh, let's get into it and talk about it. So Roger Goodell can't accept the noble title of king. That's what he wants to be as the appointed ruler of the NFL. Although Goodell usually gets everything he wants, and he wants an NFL franchise in London. It's going to be London's team. That's what Goodell told the NYU conference per the New York Post. It'll be the London whatevers playing the New York Giants, the logistics we can work out. And the royal subjects uh, of uh, the new king, of course, King Charles, had better start saving their uh, quid for the PSLs uh, because the London whatevers are coming. The English logistics that the NFL must work out are daunting. For starters, where will they play? Well, Wembley Stadium, which, uh, you know, England's national stadium is too heavily used to be the permanent home of the NFL franchise, even if the schedule could be massaged. Wembley seats 90,000. It's almost like Ann Arbor in Michigan. And the whatevers would have to be a massive draw to avoid playing every game in front of an embarrassingly empty house, as the old London Monarchs did in the days of NFL Europe. I just alluded to them earlier. So London's Olympic Stadium might have a better or perfect fit, but English Premier League soccer team, West Ham United, just signed a 99-year lease on it. And not only will West Ham be modifying the stadium to suit their needs, they'll be using it for fall Sundays for a sport, you know, called soccer, which is uh, a country that's crazed for soccer. And then soccer poses another question. When will the games be played? American fans of the EPL know the pain of getting up at dawn to watch what for Britain's early afternoon matches, like the 9.30 game uh, last, this past Sunday with the Vikings and the Saints, uh, was six hours ahead of our 9.30 time. Right, right around 3.30 is when the game started. So if the London whatevers are hosting the New York Giants at 1 p.m. London time, New Yorkers will have to watch the game at 8 a.m. And likely not a bar or restaurant with their friends. And then the EPL staggers its games much like the NFL does uh, with early games, a late game or two and prime time games on Sunday and Monday nights with no college ball to contend with. The EPL 
also has a slate of Saturday games, and English soccer teams often play midweek in tournaments like the FA Cup. So even if the NFL could find a time not to compete head-to-head with soccer, could it find a day? So timing certainly is the essence of everything, and it has a huge impact on the most important piece of all, TV rights. The point of a London franchise is to bring in more revenue, of course, is what the NFL wants, as as all uh, professional sports really is the reason for existing. And how will the NFL schedule games so it can ask top dollar from both U.K. and U.S. broadcasting networks? And there's also the tricky matter of immigration. Some front office and team staff will have to be local, of course, and it's possible that the ownership will be too. Still, the entire coaching staff and roster will have to be cleared for work in the United Kingdom. In soccer, the rules for a foreign player to be granted a work permit are very strict. Per UK sports law blog Full Contact Law, a player has to be selected for 75% of their country's national team games and come from a country that averages at least 70th in the FIFA FIFA world rankings. While there are international football tournaments sanctioned by the International Federation of American Football, top professional players aren't involved. And further, uh, some NFL players have troubled pasts or presence. They may not be eligible to emigrate or even obtain an American passport. English immigration law will have to change to allow NFL players to come and work in the UK. Then there are tax issues. American law allows the NFL itself as a tax-free nonprofit And most teams have a sweetheart deal with their host cities, counties, or states. Players have to withhold and file taxes for every place they play a road game in. And how how will the NFL, its teams, their staffs, and players all handle regularly paying taxes or two, or including Canadian Buffalo Bills games, three different nations? So no matter how the NFL places a franchise in London, all of the above problems will have to be worked out. More and more games will be played in London. And don't be surprised that some of the league's top events, the Pro Bowl, even the Super Bowl, the NFL Draft, take a turn being hosted there as well. When you control a $10 billion empire that wants to become a $25 billion empire by 2027, as Goodell does, major barriers like international laws become minor hurdles. Eventually, a franchise will come. And the NFL logistics, at first glance, it seems like the easiest way to put a franchise in London is to move an existing team there building up a fan base first by playing multiple international series games. The Bills, the Dolphins, the Patriots, Tampa Bay Bucks have all played multiple recent games in London, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to play at least one home game per year for the next four years. A senior writer for the Jags' official site intimated that the Jaguars could also play a road game in London during the next four years, further helping to build a fan base there. However, relocating a franchise to London doesn't avoid any of the above logistics problems, and it creates a mess of new ones. The Bills are already playing home games in Toronto as part of a possible long-term move. The Patriots aren't going anywhere. The Bucks are stable, and the Dolphins, while frustrated with their current stadium, are unlikely to abandon the southern Florida market. And the Jags, meanwhile, have a lease that would require a massive $100 million-plus payout to break, and few other teams look likely to move out of their home state in the next decade. And besides, building a fan base for a team and then moving it to London might be counterproductive. English sports fans are used to clubs with 100-plus-year histories and generations of fans. A relocated American team with a geographically silly name, you won't find many Jaguars, of course, in London, 
won't likely inspire fierce loyalty. And the NFL could rename the team, but then why bother building a fan base first? Then there's the matter of scheduling. Whichever franchise relocates suddenly guarantees its entire division an around-the-world journey every season. No team is looking to add the burdens of international travel costs, longer road trips, and shorter practice weeks to its schedule. So the only way to bring the NFL to London practically is to expand. So the foregone conclusion, the first big benefit of expansion is money. The Houston Texans commanded a $700 million expansion fee per the Pro Football Hall of Fame site way back in uh, 2002. The NFL could easily command a billion-dollar bounty or more for a new London team today. The NFL owners would certainly rather welcome a new member to their club, split a billion dollars among themselves, because they're all money-hungry, they're all billionaires now that Goodell is there, than go through another franchise relocation PR nightmare and deprive a major American TV market of a team. In fact, the phrase major American TV market is the key. As a dead set as the NFL is on expanding to London, it's even more so on returning to Los Angeles, which, of course, the Rams did. And now, of course, you have the Chargers. So Goodell said last year the league doesn't want to move any of our teams per Mike Ozanian of Forbes, yet it expands owners probably don't want to go to 33. A team in London could be nicely balanced by a team in Los Angeles, and as Ozanian pointed out, that's $2 billion to be divvied up. However, the NFL's current alignment and schedule are almost ideal. The pleasing symmetry of 32 teams split in two conferences of 16 and 8 divisions of four makes perfect sense and makes scheduling relatively simple. Having two five-team divisions and six four-team divisions doesn't make a ton of sense. Unbalanced divisions throw off the schedule and make a fair playoff system almost impossible. What the NFL needs to do is to get a 36 uh, teams. So realignment. With the 36 teams, the NFL can realign into six divisions of six, like so. In this scenario, you've granted Vancouver, let's say, the 36 team, and the Bills are already a regional team playing games in both Buffalo and Toronto. And this also sets up a cross-conference rivalry, rivalry between Canadian and Los Angelino teams, mimicking the situation in New York. Speaking of New York, the NFC East accepts the London whatevers and Jack, uh, Jaguars, giving whatevers fans a natural rivalry with the pre-built Jaguars fan base. Not only does this make geographical sense, it also ensures the whatevers are regularly playing some of the NFL's marquee teams. So there are some other pleasing twists in this proposal, like the Tampa Bay Bucks return to the NFC Central, but let's not stray too far from the point, money, of course. With four expansion fees, the NFL will be swimming in cash like it always does. The expansion fees could build stadiums in London, Vancouver, reward realigned teams like Carolina Panthers with free stadium upgrades and still have billions to divvy up. And realignment also opens the door for playoff expansion, which, according to ESPN, uh, was a hot topic at May's NFL owner meetings, yet another source of increased revenue. With 36 teams' expansion to a 14-team playoff format closely matches the current ratio of playoff teams to non-playoff teams. With three divisions of six in each conference, the top two teams from each division plus two wild cards would get a postseason berth. And with realignment, there's one major drawback, tighter schedules with six teams in each division playing home and homes. That's 10 games out of 16 games schedule spoken for and no room to continue the current cross-division rotating schedule. 
And further, there's only one bye week to recover from increased cross-continental travel. So the solution, of course, is another one of NFL's favorite money grabs, the 18-game schedule. With an 18-game schedule, the NFL can maintain balanced divisional schedules, rotate cross-conference division schedules, and still have three games per team left over to preserve traditional rivalries and create marquee rating matchups. The league would likely go to uh, two bye weeks to give players more time to rest from extra games and travel, which I mentioned earlier. And by expanding both the regular season and playoffs, the NFL would be much closer to its goal of year-round football events. And so onward and upward. Would, would any of these changes immediately increase the quality of uh, on the field? Probably not. In fact, they're likely to spread the talent pool of players, coaches, executives, and officials much more thinly for years. Yet if the NFL truly wants to become a global league, it can't go halfway. Relocating an existing franchise to London incurs all the headaches with very few of the benefits. And this plan is a big step towards the ultimate dream, franchises across the world. If the London whatevers are smashing success and in the framework, they have every chance to be. It's easy to see a 40-team future with franchises spreading across Europe, Mexico, and even Asia. And the talent pool eventually could include the entire world as a success of Formula One racing and UEFA championship leagues have shown. Global competition makes for incredibly high-quality competition and insanely rich owners. And today, that might sound like a Roger Goodell daydream, but this proposal is a realistic first step toward the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And, you know, you know it's interesting because we see the signs. Uh, you know, they're not doing this. Uh, they're not playing games that they've been doing for the last uh, decade or so at Wembley Stadium in England uh, just to appease the uh, Brits. This is a bona fide effort by a commissioner who wants to go down in history as uh, the money grab commissioner. He wants to expand. He wants to make billions and billions, as Carl Sagan used to say, dollars. For his owners, he's already made ownership in professional football the most lucrative ownership on the planet. Now, he can't do any of the uh, vices that have hurt the NFL, like, uh, you know, the Ray Rice incident and some of the drug things that have happened and some of the murders that have happened in the NFL. You know, he can't address those, but he can certainly make money, and that's why the NFL, NFL owners like him with his 40-plus million-dollar salary, the use of jets, uh, personal jets, the use of, uh, of health care for his entire family for life. You talk about a great job. And, of course, the commissioners are uh, appointed by the owners, and it has to be unanimous. And Roger Goodell is going nowhere as long as he makes money. Now, I don't think he can even compare to the great uh, commissioner of the past, Pete Rozelle, who I thought was nobly responsible for propelling the NFL into what it's become. But the money in those days wasn't as adamant as it is today. And a large part of Roger Goodell's success is money. And with billions of dollars at stake and with their legal team in the NFL, do you think for one minute that any of those uh, – roadblocks that I mentioned in expansion to Europe is going to stop them. They'll work all that out, but they have one obstacle, and that's the Players Association, 
will the Players Association go along with it? Well, I'm sure the NFL and Goodell and his uh, his cohorts will work out some kind of a deal that make it look very good for the NFL players. Uh, of course, an 18-game schedule means more money for players. Will traveling teams be able to make more money? You know, there's a time when uh, in the NBA, for instance, players got $25 a day for uh, meal money on the road. And now I think it exceeds 100 It may even be 200 I, I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's not 25 anymore. And I don't know that anybody, even NBA players, can eat $200 worth of food, but that's what they get. And if they don't spend it, they get to keep it. So it's a pretty cool job to be a pro athlete, but it's even cooler to be a commissioner of sports, particularly Goodell. So, you know, we see the trappings of it. We see the games uh, that have been played in uh, London. Now, the London Monarchs, which was part of that NFL Europe uh, league, uh, they didn't go over overly well. But now with the NFL players uh, going over, and uh, many of the Europeans do follow our football, uh, they're going crazy for it. I don't know how many fans were at the game because that uh, holds 90,000 at Wembley Stadium, but it's been a success every year. It's been a success in Tokyo where NFL teams have played, and it's been a success in Mexico City. Of course, Mexico having their own problems. But for the most part, uh, you know, we're seeing, uh, and it's an eye-opener, the evolution of the sport to a worldly sport. And if it's, you know, if Goodell has his way, he'd probably want to, uh, with no question, have football year-round. You know, it was a time when football was over in the end of December. Uh, the first Super Bowl was played on January 15th, 1967, between the Packers and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. season was over. You know, uh, the way it's going now, it's, it's, it's heading toward the end of February. It's going to be like baseball. You know, baseball was, is over usually late October. There's been some years where it went into the very tip of November. And then pitchers and catchers report in February. It's, it's endless. And I think that's one of the reasons uh, why baseball is not that popular. Now, of course, they've, they've had a 162-game schedule for quite a while, uh, but you also have uh, a sport that, like the NBA with the three-point circus, you, you have a sport that uh, is a home run derby. You know, how many home runs can we have? How many times have you heard about Aaron Judge and his 60-second home run? There's a lot of people who don't want him to hit it. And he's got four games left against the Rangers to do it. But that's what we're hearing. You know, we don't, the, the game uh, has lost interest to millennials. It's lost interest to kids. They're no longer interested in playing Little League. You know, they t you take away the spark of the game, the hit and run, the steals, and you put in things, you know, uh, that really slow down the game. But the NFL, and, you know, when you look at the NFL, uh, the last couple of years, I don't think the games have really been that exciting. A lot of them are boring. Now, we saw the Jets come back, you know, with uh, Zach Wilson yesterday and, and – uh, that was surprising to me because he hadn't played in quite a while. And, you know, good for him, good for the Jets. Uh, you know, we, but, uh, you know, we saw that Buffalo-Kansas City championship last year, which was stellar. 
but a lot of the games have been very, very dull. And uh, I think Goodell looks at it now as putting a spark into a sport that uh, does not have a spark in baseball, the spark being the NFL. You know, let's have teams in Tokyo. Let's have team in Paris. Let's have a team in London. Let's have a team, uh, you know, wherever. Let's have a team in uh, in Beijing. And I think, you know, when you look through the mire of all this, I think two things are evident. One is the NFL is going to expand to Europe, whether we like it or not, because it's all about money. And it's a greedy organization with greedy owners. And the other thing I think with the NFL is, you know, we're going to see the expansion. And uh, the other thing that comes forth is uh, the idea that will all of this price out the public? You know, a baseball game today for a family of four will cost close to $200 between parking and tickets and hot dogs and souvenirs and everything else. It's outrageous. I can remember, and of course times have changed, but I can remember back in the 70s uh, being at Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta sitting in a box seat for eight bucks watching uh, the Atlanta Braves and Henry Aaron. And Henry Aaron actually posed for a picture for me uh, with his bat and signed it. We had those old Polaroid cameras then that actually took the picture and you could develop it right there in the camera. You know, sit, to sit there today is going to cost you hundreds of dollars. But it's certainly a sport in baseball where, you know, we're more concerned about Aaron Judge and, and uh, you know, to his credit, Albert Pujols who just hit his 702nd home run. I think that's probably more news than uh, Aaron Judge's uh, attempt at 62. But nonetheless, that's what the sport has become. And I think even though I've mentioned all of the non-feasible roadblocks that are going to take place uh, to probably detour the NFL from expanding, uh, Goodell and his team will work out every detail, and it will be a – almost like a constitution for everybody to sign and, uh, you know, he'll make it where everybody's going to be divvying up money. And for conservative fans, it's probably a nightmare. I mean, a lot of the conservative fans, people probably over 60 today, uh, were turned off by um, the the, uh, elimination of the intentional walk in four pitches. They certainly don't want a game clock. They want the game played the way it was. And yet others, uh, you know, relish the idea of uh, these wild-colored uniforms in the NFL when they did it on Thursday night football and, you know, putting a batter on second base in extra innings. And the reason they do it, of course, is to give a shot in the arm uh, to the sport. But will they price themselves out? Will the players go along with it? I think, you know, we've always talked about money and how it bastardizes everybody. And so I think that Goodell and his crew will make it to a point where it'll be, it'll be too good to be true for uh, players. They'll not be able to not 
do it in expansion. And how will it go over? Well, I think it probably will go over very well in the beginning. But, you know, whether or not London can handle a franchise on a weekly basis in the NFL remains to be seen because football is not there. I think it's more curiosity for them, but football is not their sport. It's soccer, which they call football, and they're crazy about it. So just when you think it couldn't happen, I've read to you all of the things that certainly make it advisable to happen. Well, that'll about do it for our show today. And the NFL expand into Euro? Well, we'll see. All the signs are there. Of course, the uh, baseball now just about over. The Mets have uh, failed in their quest. They still have a shot at winning the National League uh, East with their uh, plummet uh, to the Atlanta Braves. have to give the Braves a lot of credit for sticking it out there. Of course, the Chiefs last night beat the uh, Bucks. And uh, the Jets come back uh, against Pittsburgh, an interesting, uh, as well as the Eagles now saying 4-0 as they come back against Jacksonville. Sportsbeat's been a presentation of Mountain Meadow Productions and Sportsbeat Radio, and until tomorrow, all of you have a great day and great sports. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.